Luke, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11, we're going to talk about um, when God calls, will you answer? Now, I'm going to give you just a little bit of an explanation qualifier before we get right into this lesson this morning, because actually, as I originally planned this, and as I completed the PowerPoint and the outline and the lesson yesterday, we were going to talk about Peter, and then we were going to talk about Noah, because in Luke, the 11th chapter, you're going to see Jesus call Peter. In Genesis, the sixth chapter, you're going to see God call Noah, and Noah answer the call. So there's a calling, and then there's an answer. But as I was going through this, I got to thinking, wow, this is going to take a while. Either Peter's not going to catch the fish, or else Noah's not going to build the ark. So it's like, <laughs> I, I got I to gotta do something. So I decided I'm going to split this. So uh, first time I've done this, two-part lesson. So guess what we're going to talk about next Sunday? <laughs> we're going to talk about Noah. But today we're going to talk about Peter and this call in Luke, the fifth chapter, and verses 1 through 11. And I hope this all kind of works out, fits together, and, and makes sense uh, individually and then collectively as we, as we put this together. I want to say also as we get started, just recently, uh, not long ago, in visiting another congregation and uh, sitting and listening to a lesson, and then at the conclusion of the lesson, uh, there was an individual that came forward, uh, one of the elders actually, and he made some comments in regards to the lesson that was presented at that time. And he said this in sort of a uh, declarative, approval type of way, that in that lesson, there were no storms. And then he went on to say, our preacher doesn't tell stories. He hasn't told stories in the past. He doesn't tell stories now. And I don't think he'll be telling stories in the future. <laughs> and it was being said in such a way as to sometimes preacher just tells stories to be entertaining or amusing or whatever. And this lesson didn't contain any stories. And our preacher doesn't tell stories. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I kind of thinking and I kind of smiled to myself and I thought I hope he goes ahead and explains this a little further <laughs> but that's where he left it and I think his point was don't just tell stories to be telling stories and just trying to be amusing or something but at the same time I thought to myself hold on <laughs> the Bible is a story <laughs> and the Bible contains Stories, And Jesus often told stories. And the Old Testament prophets told stories. Do you recall the story of the prodigal son? Is that a powerful lesson? Yes, it is. And Jesus oftentimes used stories to try to teach lessons and to convict people of sin and so forth. And in the Old Testament, God sometimes sent prophets and they told stories. Do you recall 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter, when Nathan went to David? David had committed adultery with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. 
And then he had had him killed in an effort to try and cover it up. And God sent Nathan to David, and Nathan went to him, and he said, I want to tell you this story. <laughs> there were two men that lived in a village, and one of them was very wealthy. And he had all kinds of herds and flocks and so forth. And the other one was poor, and he had one little ewe lamb. And he would hold that lamb in his bosom, and he loved that lamb. But a traveler came along, and he was needing provisions, and he went, into the wealthy, he went to the wealthy man's house, and the wealthy man was not willing to take from his own herds and his own flocks, so he took that one little ewe lamb from that poor individual and prepared a meal for that traveler. And David became enraged. And he said, the man that did that deserves to die. And Nathan looked at him and said, you're the man. He used the sword to convict David of his own sin. And what was David's answer to all that? He said, I have sinned. Stories are oftentimes employed from the scriptures, and they're oftentimes employed very effectively. Stories can be informative, they can be enlightening, they can be convincing, they can be convicting, and they can be very powerful. Now the reason why I tell you all that is because I was going to share two stories with you. <laughs> As it turns out, I'm going to share one with you today so that we can hopefully do this one story justice. So if you want to turn, and up there on that PowerPoint, I've got first story. Well, it's the only story today. <laughs> it's the story, the occasion, when Jesus is going to call Peter. Luke, the fifth chapter, and verses 1 through 11. Estuardo already read that for us this morning, so I'm not going to take the time to reread it, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, and I'm just going to make certain points, and you can follow along in your, in your Bible there, and just notice what is said, being said, because we really come to need to come to understand this story, what's taking place, and the details that are given there. And this is one of the things that oftentimes just amazes me about God's Word. It's the detail. And when you look at the detail, it's like it just tells you the story. So I want you to take a look at Luke, the fifth chapter, in verses 1 through 11, and I'll just run down through these. In verse 1, Jesus is by the lake, and he is teaching. In verse 2, the fishermen are washing their nets. That's detail. We'll come back to that. That's important. Verse 3, Jesus gets into Peter's boat. Verse 4, Jesus is teaching. He finishes teaching. And then he tells Peter to go out just a little further and to let down his nets. Verse 5. Peter responds and says, 
we fished all night and we didn't catch nothing but if you insist I'll let down the net verse 6 Peter catches a lot of fish verse 7 he calls for his partners to bring another boat and they've now got so many fish that two boats are about to sink verse 8 Peter says depart from me for I am a sinful man verse 9 they're all amazed and verse 10 Jesus says do not fear from now on you'll be catching men and verse 11 and they left all and they followed him. That's just kind of the details as you go down through this. But when you take those details and you assemble them, it tells a story. And that's the story that I want to share with you this morning because it makes a point and it makes an impact. I think the pivotal passage in this section is verse 5. Notice verse 5. Look at the chapter in verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now as we take a look at this section, we need to get a kind of a feel of what exactly is going on here. Keeping in mind from this passage and from other passages, we know that Peter and Andrew and James and John are in the fishing business together. They were in the fishing business. It's important that we understand that too. This is not a hobby. This is not a recreation. This is not pastime. This is not leisure. This is their life. This is their livelihood. This is the way that they provide for themselves. This is the way that they provide for their families. And so they take fishing seriously because this is their business. And so in verse 5, Peter says, We fished all night and caught nothing. You notice that? We fished all night. There's another one of those details. Those who were in the fishing business, they worked nights. <laughs> and that's what it's telling us. Peter says, we fished all night. Back to verse 1 and 2. Jesus is by the lake and he's teach teaching. Verse 2, it says the fishermen are washing their nets. What that's telling us is that it is now daylight. They have been out on the lake all night long, and they have been fishing. And in the morning time, they come in. And when they take out their nets, they lay them out, and it says they're washing them. What you need to understand is it's not, this is not just a casual washing. They know what they're doing, and they're serious about what they're doing, and they take those nets, and they lay them out, and what they do as they wash them, as they clean them, what that saying is that sometimes when they cast those nets, there may be stuff in the water. 
And if that gets caught up in your nets, that interferes with your fishing. So you want to get that out of there. Sometimes when you catch net, uh, cast nets, sometimes beneath the surface, you may get into weeds and so forth. And you've got to get that out of there. Sometimes when you cast nets, you may snag something and it tears the net. If your net is torn, you can't catch fish. So when it says that they are washing their nets, in essence, what it's saying is they are laying those nets out. They are cleaning them out. They are inspecting them because they fished last night and they're getting ready to fish the next night. Now you see that? That's what that's saying. They are in the fishing business and they are going about their business. They're going back out the next night. Now there's something else that goes along with this that we need to understand. Those who are in the fishing business, they know fish. And they know their equipment and they know the lake that they're on. And so what they know is they know weather, they know water, they know temperature, they know hot, they know cold, they know shallow, they know deep. They know fish. They know how they act. They know where they feed. They know where they like to hunt. They know when they come up. They know when they go down. You see that? And this lake that they're on, they don't have some, you ever been out on a nice fishing boat? <laughs> we've gone on a couple of trips whenever we've gone out with a guide, and they've got this sonar. And you sit there and you look at the screen and you can see underneath the water and you look for schools of fish. They didn't have any of that. But you know what they had? They had experience. And so they knew this lake. They knew where it was shallow. They knew where it was deep. They knew where there were reeds. They even knew where the fish could hide. They knew the outlets. They knew the inlets. And you know why they know those things? Because oftentimes, whenever it rains and so forth, and the water washes in, there's stuff that washes in with it, and fish will go there. Because they can eat. And sometimes when it's washing out, they'll go there. And during the day when it's hot, you know where fish go? They go deep. And when the sun goes down and the waters start to cool at night, you know where fish go? They come up. They know this. They know all of this. They know weather, and they know patterns, and they know temperatures, and they know hot, and they know cold. They know the best time, and they know the best temperatures to be fishing, and they know about fish, and they know about the lake. That's because that's their business. They know how, they know where, they know when, and they practice it. They go every day. And there's a skill to what they do. They throw nets. 
Have you ever watched anybody that throws a net? I have. There's a skill to it. Have you ever watched a cowboy throw a rope? <laughs> There's a skill in that, the way they twirl it and the way they get it to extend and the way they get it to float through the air and then fall down over what they're trying to catch. You know what it's like when I try to throw a net? It's kind of like when I'm trying to fold a sheet, a fitted sheet, for a king-size bed. You ever tried that? There's no corners to that thing. <laughs> and no matter how you try to fold it up, it just doesn't look right. And most of the time, I just get frustrated. I throw it down the floor, step on it, and pick it up and put it in the linen closet. <laughs> and then my wife comes along and says, did you fold the sheets? And I said, yeah. And she goes, it looks like it. <laughs> But you ever watch somebody that knows how to cast a net? I've watched them. And they will lift that thing up and they will kind of spread it out and then they will give it that twist and snap their wrist and that thing will go out and it will twirl and it will expand. And then it will land on that log. And then it will drift down. And there will be one end of that that there's a rope that's still attached to it. And those guys that are skilled at that they will have that rope in their hand. And they will feel that rope. And they will wait for the right feel. And they can tell when fish hit it. And when there's a school to hook it. And when they hit, they close that net. They know these guys. They know fish. They know weather. They know water. They know how to cast nets. They know how to wait and feel for that pressure. They know it all. And sometimes they may fish a long time and not catch anything. That's what Peter's saying on that night. We fished all night and we didn't catch anything. We know when to fish, we know where to fish, we know about fish, and we know how to go about things. And we have done that, and we didn't catch any fish. But, nice guy that I am, <laughs> if you say let down the nets, then that's what we're going to do. So they fish, because that's their business. And they throw nets at nighttime. Because when you throw them at nighttime, another thing is, there's not any shadow. See, when the sun is high in the sky, and you take a net and you throw it out across the surface of the water or just above it, it will cast a shadow. And when the fish see that shadow, guess what fish do? They scatter. That's why you throw nets at nighttime. A fisherman has to know all of that. And they have to be persistent. And so in verse 5, it says they had fished all night. And in verse 2, it says they are washing their nets. They're getting ready to go again. And now then, verse 6. Jesus has been teaching by the shore. And now he gets into one of the boats, which happens to be Simon's. 
And he says to Peter, put out just a little way from the shore. You know what that's saying? What that's saying is, Peter, you've been out all night, and you've been fishing. You've been practicing your trade, your craft, your skill. Now, Peter, what I want you to do, I want you to watch me as I practice my craft. See, Peter, because now I'm going to fish. I'm not going to fish for fish. I'm going to fish for me. So, Peter, I want you to watch me. And the reason why Jesus wants him to watch is because that's how you learn. Because Jesus has a plan. He's going to call Peter. Peter, I want you to learn how to fish for me. So he gets into Peter's boat, and he asks him to put out just a little ways from the land. And now Jesus is the one who's doing the fishing. And it's almost as if Jesus is saying, See, if I get in this boat with you and we push out just a little ways, see, I've got a captive audience. Not just them, but you, Peter. Now you've got to watch me. And so that's the reason why, one of the reasons why Jesus does this very thing, because Jesus is not only interested in catching those people that are on the shore, he wants to catch Peter. So in other words, he's saying, watch me as I do this. And watch how I do this, and watch when I do this, and where I do this, and what I do, and recognize that I'm persistent. Just like you, Peter, you fished yesterday, you're going to fish again tomorrow. That's what Jesus is saying. I fished today, I fished yesterday, I'll fish the next day. In hopes that I'll catch some. Verse 45. I think this is really the pivotal section in this section of Scripture. Verse 4. When he, that's Jesus, had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I think it's kind of amazing. I think it's kind of fascinating when you look at this entire section and then you look at verses 4 and 5 and how it kind of pivots. Because Jesus is going to want Peter to become a fisher of men. But in order for, Je in order for Peter to become a fisher of men, Jesus has got to move Peter from where he is to where he wants him to be. He's got to move him from being a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. And in order for that to take place, something's got to happen. And what needs to happen 
is that Peter needs to become thoroughly convinced. Peter needs to become thoroughly convinced of who Jesus is. He's got to become thoroughly convinced that he's more than just a man. Convinced that he's more than just a skilled teacher. He's got to become convinced that he's more than moral. He's more than good. He's got to become convinced he's deity. Because Peter, see, I want you to leave these fish, and I want you to come follow me, and I want you to become a fisher of men, but I know why you're staying where you are, because you have not become thoroughly convinced of who I am. That's what moves people when they become thoroughly convinced of who Jesus Christ is. It's daytime. It's sunlight. This is not the time to fish. This is not the right place to fish. But Peter, in just a moment, I'm going to tell you to go back to fishing. Look at verse 4 and 5. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. You notice that? There's some more detail there. <laughs> go out just a little bit deeper. Because, see, you can't catch fish up here where the water's real shallow. So you got to get just a little bit deeper. But actually, this is not really the good place either. But you got to get a little bit deeper because there's, there's going to be a whole lot of fish show up here in just a minute. And he says, I want you to let down your nets for a catch. He doesn't say push out into just a little bit deeper water. And when we got here in just a little bit deeper, try again, okay? Just, you know, hey, give it a shot. No, he says, I want you to let down your nets for a catch. That's kind of like predicting the winner of the Super Bowl before the season ever starts, and you don't even know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> See, this is what's going to happen here. Go out just a little bit deeper, and you're going to catch fish. Verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. You know what that says? What that says to Peter is, this is contrary to everything I This is contrary to everything I know. But hey, you want me to let down the nets? We'll just let down the nets. Sometimes I wonder as I read these stories, was their eye contact there? <laughs> Were they looking at each other? 
was Peter kind of giving him the, you want me to let down your net? I'll let down your net. <laughs> was Jesus kind of standing there and going, That's kind of like Peter saying, you know what, Jesus? I've watched you this last few minutes. I've watched you before. There is no doubt, there is no question, you are a skilled teacher. I am a skilled fisherman. Maybe we should just leave it at that. <laughs> and Jesus says, you fish on. You let down. What Peter doesn't understand at this moment is Jesus is no longer fishing over here. Now he's fishing right here. He's fishing in this boat. And he's not looking at this whole group of fish over here. He's now looking at one fish. And he is focused in on that one. been fishing I'm not tremendously skilled at it I enjoy it but there's something about knowing where fish are going to be and it's knowing what fish like and then dangling the bait and getting them to take it I used to take a map and we would go on these spawn ponds I love catching bass because bass are fighters. <laughs> and one of the places that bass like to hang out, they like to be in the shade. But bass also have a bad attitude. And they don't like to be bothered. And when you bother them, it makes them angry. So when we would go to these ponds, we would look for areas where there's that kind of moss that's on top of the water. And we had something that was called a bass raft. It's a lightweight kind of thing, sort of collapsible. And when you cast it out there and it hits the top of that moss, it won't go through. It sets on top. And so what you do is you take that and you flip it. And that just makes a bass so mad. Because they, they see that thing jumping across. And when they finally get angry enough, they will come up to that water and they will hit that thing. And man, you set that hook and it is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to dangle the bait. You got to get them to want it. So Jesus dangles the bait. What's a fisherman want? His fish. Peter, go out a little ways and let down for a catch. You see what Jesus is doing? He's dangling the bait. Come on, Peter. I know what I'll do. So he pushes out and he lets down the net. 
Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. See, verse 5, as I mentioned before, I believe is that really pivotal point. But Simon answered, said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You know what that is? That's that moment of conflict. Spiritually speaking, everybody comes to that moment of conflict. Who's in charge here? Is it me or is it him? Who runs my life best, me or him? Who knows my business better than me? Is it me or is it him? That's that moment of conflict. And see, that's where Jesus needed to get Peter to move past. But first, there had to be that moment of conflict. Verse 5 is that moment. Verse 8 is the result. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See what Peter realizes now? not just a man. This is not just anyone. He's not just a moral man. He's not just a good man. He's not just a skilled teacher. This is Jesus. Because everything I know about fishing says that this is all wrong. But he said, let down the net for a catch. And we just caught more fish than we've ever caught at one time in our lives. You see what Peter came to realize? The only way he could know what was right is to be more than one. He's got to be dying. Let me run this by you again. <coughs> you see, Peter was a fisherman. That was his business. Peter knew technique. He knew weather. He knew water. He knew fish. He knew their habits. You know what Peter knew? He knew nature. He knew the law of nature. What he needed to know is the one who rules over nature. Can you see that? You see, there's one who made the weather. 
who made the water, who made the fish. And all of those things function according to the laws of nature. And see, when man studies nature, he comes to understand how it works. He comes to understand the laws of nature. When the sun comes up, it gets hot. When it gets hot, the weather gets hot, or the water gets hot. When the water gets hot, the fish go deep. It's all according to the laws of nature. When the sun goes down, it starts to cool down. When it starts to cool down, the water gets cool. And then the fish recognize the temperature change, and they start to come to the top. It's all according to the laws of nature. Peter had learned those laws. That's why he was a successful businessman, successful fisherman. Jesus was the one who designed those laws. You see what this short story tells us is? Design demands a designer. Peter had learned design. Now he was introduced to the designer. And in verse 8, it says, He falls down at Jesus' knees, and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And when he said that, I don't think he's saying that I now recognize your purity and my impurity. What he is saying is, I now recognize your enormity and my smallness. I recognize now that you are the one that is above all of these laws. Previously, I've known the laws. Now, I know the lawgiver. Previously, I've known nature. Now, I know the one who controls nature. But now we know Peter, don't we? So how does Peter respond when he recognizes finally that Jesus is who he claims to be. Peter says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know how you would paraphrase that? Get out of the boat. I now recognize your God, I'm man, get out of my boat. Is that the right response? So how does Jesus respond to that? He says, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. You know what he's saying is? When you finally come to that realization, or come to that realization, that I am who I claim to be, we shouldn't go in separate directions. That's when we ought to be together. And that's what he's saying to Peter. See, Peter sees that and he says, depart from me. And Jesus said, no, no, I won't. From now on, you'll be coming with me. You'll be fishing for me. So what's some of the points from the story? 
Well, the point is, there's always going to be a conflict between God and man and who's in charge. And then in verse 8, if a person is going to follow Jesus, they need to be thoroughly convinced and convicted of who he is. And in verses 8 and 10, when you come to that realization, don't go away from him. <laughs> go to him. And in verses 10 and 11, it says that then they left all and followed him. On this particular occasion, what did Jesus catch? What he caught, <coughs> excuse me, what he caught on that day was some blue-collar fishermen. He called and he caught. On other occasions, he called tax collectors. Remember when he caught one? Levi? He called a doctor. Remember when he caught one? Luke. He called a well-educated Pharisee. Remember when he caught one? called harlot. Remember when he caught one? He called a woman that had been married multiple times. Remember when he caught one? Jesus calls people from all walks of life. Let me tell you what Peter says about this over in 1 Peter 4 and about verse 10 a number of years later. He wrote this. He says, As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What Peter was saying was, Jesus calls people, all different kinds of people, from all walks of life. And each one that has received a gift in turn and serve others. That's what Peter was getting at. You know what that says to us? What that says to me is there may be people that I can reach that you cannot reach. There may be people that you can reach that I cannot reach. But if we all reach the people that we can, we can catch a lot of people. We just need to be fishers of men. Peter knew, came to know, that Jesus was who he claimed to be. There's a couple of points here that I want to make and then, and then draw this to a close. Keeping in mind who Peter was, Peter was a Jew. And the Jews were waiting for the Messiah. Peter already believed 
from God. What he needed to come to believe in now was that Jesus was the one that they were waiting for, that he was the Messiah, that he was God's son. And what Peter needed to understand in addition to that was to where he fit in to God's overall story. Peter knew God's story. He knew there was a creation. He knew there was sin. He knew there was Abraham. He knew there was a giving of the law. He knew there was a nation. He knew they were God's people. He knew that they were waiting for the Messiah. He knew that the, when the Messiah came, that he would have followers. And now he has learned who the Messiah is, and he has become one of his followers. He's starting to realize where he fits in to the story. That's the same thing that we need to understand. There are really three things that are the pillars of our faith. There is God. Jesus is his son. And the Bible reveals that story. And it helps us to see where we fit in. Now, for the practical application for us. <laughs> We've been studying an overview of the Old Testament, haven't we? So that we can come to understand the story. And I hope that when we get to the end of the Old Testament that the men of this congregation, I'm just suggesting, but I'm hoping that we do an overview of the New Testament. And then when we get done with that, I hope that what we do is we study that, study that intertestament period. Because there's books on that. What happened in that 400 years? And it's interesting how the Old Testament gets tied to the New Testament. So that helps us to understand that story. And the more that you understand that story, the more convicted and convinced that you will become that the Bible is God's word. And that's one of those pillars. And in addition to that, we've been studying, we have studied the life of Christ. And now we're studying the book of Hebrews. <laughs> and now he's our high priest. And in time to come, I'll give lessons on <laughs> evidence that Jesus is God's son. And evidence is on the fact that there is a God. So those are the three main pillars in a person's faith. Faith. There is a God. Jesus is his son. And the Bible is his word. And when you come to understand those things, and when you come to understand that story, you come to understand where you fit in. That's what Peter was coming to a realization of that day. Where he fit in. In the story. Jesus was calling. Next week, we'll talk about Noah because Noah answers the call. So really the original intent of this lesson was to show there's a call and to show there's an answer. Next week, we'll talk about the answer. But that's Luke, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. And that's the day that Jesus caught Peter. I want to extend the invitation this morning to any and all that are here, and that if there's in any way, and if you have any need, and you need to make your relationship right with the Lord, we want you to know that we want you to help you. So if we can help, you let us know while together we stand and while we sing.